Guaranteed to be less visually appalling than the BMW M4 GT3. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Don't worry, kids. It's Andre and if it's Yozo's problem now. Um, <laughs> uh, hi, guys. Dre here. Back at it once again. Episode 255 of Motorsport 101. In this slightly shorter edition, maybe. Thankfully, I said this last time, he ended up going for an hour and a half instead of 50 minutes. Way to go, me. Um, organized- well, I think we should say, last time we said it, someone didn't have their fucking microphone selected. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you guys guess which one of the five it was, and I'll tell you at the end of the show. <laughs> but, uh, let, let's just say, let's, uh, uh, there, there are four people on screen, and someone's in the in the bad corner. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the naughty step. This this what happens. It's 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 what happens when you uh, forget to press the record button. It happens anyway. <laughs> with me as always is RJ O'Connell. Hello, sir. You know, last time we recorded this episode, uh, I said some things that I deeply regret. I consider myself a man of fate, but here's Marco Andretti coming out of turn four. What's the speed going to be over the line? It is pole position. <laughs> I don't know when I'm going to be able to be a part of Motorsport 101 or indeed any other podcast. Wait, where was I? <laughs> RJ was out here feeling himself on that one. King, say hi. Hi. <laughs> Far <laughs> intro as always. Um, hello, Cam. How's it going? Uh, well, unfortunately, uh, all the blood sacrifices I made to make Penske faster in qualifying failed. <laughs> I'd I, I just like to inform the listening and viewing public that no goats were harmed in the making of this video. Um, <laughs> they were all sacrificed humanely. Um, and oh, finally, man, you don't know what yeah. I'm doing in the editing booth. <laughs> <laughs> May the good Lord help us all. Um, <laughs> and finally, uh, in the on the naughty step, because I'll, I'll get the spoiler out of the way, he was the one who didn't record his audio properly. This is the second attempt to start recording this. So we're only 95% as enthusiastic as we were last time. Chris Harde is back. And say hello, Chris. Hello, Chris. Now also, goats may not have been harmed there, but you know where they are harmed is Goat Simulator, the greatest video game made of all time. And a little public service announcement. You're not alone. 99.9% of Indy 500 fans are suffering from indie depression. Symptoms include discover when turning right, the need to park in strangers' yards, the urge to drink milk, the constant sound of whistles being blown, rational fear of people in yellow shirts, and wanting to be back home again. Wanting to be back home again. Treatment is available. Help is here. Please reach out. Thank you. Chris, have you had time? <laughs> have you had time to think about your actions? Uh, about three minutes. And you know what? I have, uh, I'd like to apologize uh, to absolutely nobody because this is an issue that can affect a lot of people. Oh, hey, it's a callback to episode 254. So um, what are we talking about here? If we have somebody who has written for the Indianapolis Star... Um, uh, having a hard time figuring this one out. Uh, there was something called Indy 500 qualifying this past weekend. Um, I wasn't, yeah, this is the f- some obscure events. I mean, it's not something. F1. I mean, I mean, they can't even get fans in the grandstands. 
What's the worst that could possibly happen? Uh, right, so as mentioned, we'll be talking all through Indianapolis 500 qualifying, practice week, all that fun stuff. And we'll be breaking down just how Marco Andretti ended up on pole position. Yes, 2020, everybody. Marco Andretti, Indy 500 pole sitter. It's a strange time for all involved. Uh, but in the meantime... We'll break down where you can find us real quick. If you're watching us on YouTube, hi, why not subscribe and hit the bell? If not, yeah, you can you can subscribe at youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. You can follow us on there for all the uh, highlights and forecast recordings and any bonus content will be on there. Facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. And if you have to follow our personal handles, you can at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric King, at CBuckley917, and Chris Dehardy at C Dehardy. Um, or if you're watching this on YouTube, hey, just follow our ads. They're on the screen right now for you to enjoy. And they're in the description too, actually, so check it out there too. Um, and if you really, really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. $5 gets you early access to the audio version of all of our shows. 10 bucks gets you into the supporters club of our Discord server where you can listen and watch these podcasts live as they're being recorded, as well as getting early access to the YouTube video version of the shows we produce in full. Hurrah! Extra bonuses. Who doesn't love that? And you can find all those details and a whole lot more on our website, motorsport101.com, which has also got some some, <laughs> some written articles on there as well, um, featuring the 70th anniversary Grand Prix. Uh, so check that out, as well as thoughts on MotoGP in Austria. The first of their two rounds, their second round in quote-unquote Styria is this weekend. Uh, more on that next week. In the meantime, uh, yeah, let's get into it. And after this quick break, we will talk all about the Indianapolis 500 Qualifying Edition. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's start breaking down the 104th running of the Indianapolis 500 dot 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 qualifying session. And uh, RJ put that Joseph Newgarden shirt away because he had he, there was not much to talk about with him this over this past. This past week. Oh, <laughs> but I'm not. Although worried. he, <laughs> well, there's plenty to talk about from them in race trim, not so much in qualifying trim. Yeah, yeah, that seemed to be the big overall narrative regarding Penske over the course of the week. That you know they did not have ultimate pace at all. The aforementioned Joseph was the best of the Penskes in qualifying in, in the uh, unlucky thirteen. Uh, in terms of qualifying position, but the general f- theme with, we're getting at here, Cam, seems to be that they seem to be a lot better off in, in, in race trim. Though, though... They look ridiculous in race trim. Uh, mm-hmm. Though, uh, a lot of people thought ultimate pace and qualifying was going to come to those who started up front early in the order on Saturday, and yeah. it seemed to be the case. Indeed, indeed. Yep. Where we had... Yeah, um, track conditions seemed to get worse and worse as the day went on, because this is Indian August, and it's <laughs> fucking hot. Yeah, really hot. We've never had this before. It's something that I think a lot of people seem to forget um, over the course of the week, that this is not May, this is August, and it's a lot hotter than it normally is. It's going to be a very unique... Uh, Indianapolis 500 week for that very reason. Um, and 
yeah, it's 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 what led to a lot more talking to you know overall thirty lap runs and and race trim as opposed to qualifying and ultimate pace. It's kind of a strange one when we're focusing the entire podcast episode all about qualifying, but uh, it's actually arguably the practice sessions that might be even more important in the end. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, early out in 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 qualifying were the the Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan cars where we had Takuma Sato uh we had Takuma Sato and Graham Ray Hall make their runs first and uh they it, it's always hard to judge when a car goes out first you don't really know what the quote unquote best time of the day is going to be but when they headed out they clearly looked fast they did I'll say um, Sato really looked fast Sato was his run was tremendous. Uh, Taku once again putting he's put together some good speed around this place. It's 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 kind of scary. We mentioned that with Takuma, given he's now deep in his forties and yet still only seems to be getting better with age as his runs as Indianapolis are showing. He's always been in, in or around the mix around here, and he, he's just cemented that again. He's what forty two now, RJ. Yeah, this is his uh, age. Uh, I want to say this is age forty-three season. Uh, huh. to, for reference, he's he is, only getting better. Yeah, for reference, he's only a couple years older than Elio Castroneves, who we just assume is on the way out. We know Tony Kanan <laughs> is out the way out of the way of uh, full-time competition. Yeah, yeah, and though you know, on the other end of the spectrum. Uh, we have the younger guys impressing because also, early, you know, out on track early in the day was Renus VK. Mm-hmm. Renus VK, the sole man flying the flag for the Chevy Ilmore contingent because that was the other trait from qualifying. Honda on higher boost just had Chevy's number. Yeah. Um, it, you'll, we'll get into the full breakdown of the grid later, but let's just say... Uh, Renus VK was the lone Chevy in a sea of Hondas. Um, Renus seemed to be the only one to figure out seemingly where the Chevy was bogging down and compensating for it compared to Honda, who just seemingly had the better overall package over the course of the uh, over the course of the week. And uh, the the one Chevrolet that really stood over out the was, high boost. Was, was on the high boost was Renus VK. Yeah, because on race boost so far they're looking very evenly matched and. To touch on practice for a second, the Penske cars look ridiculous in practice in race trim. Yeah, you said they Pagano, looked like they were driving. Pagano and race. Elio. Yeah, Pagano and Elio were passing cars with abandon on both ends of the track. Um, there was one run earlier in the week. I think Pagano came off of turn four, very similar to the way his car would last year, both at Indy and Pocono, and passed Rossi and Dixon like they shut their cars off. <laughs> Two, Dixon two, tried to defend from it. Two of the fastest guys we have at Indianapolis, particularly in the case of Alex Rossi, who's just been phenomenal around here for the last three years now. Um, yeah. Pagano lapping dudes up in, in practice on, on race trim, so that's going to be very, very interesting. Especially given that uh, three of the Penske's qualifying positions start with a two. Um, so, we'll tell you which ones and exactly where They're in the danger zone. It would be more of an injury if there wasn't bump day still, but here we are. Um, <laughs> oh, Lord. But, yeah. uh, and um, thank goodness for some of the field that there wasn't bump day because uh, 
Well, bump day exists for a reason, and it's to make sure that some teams can't just throw a car together and show up to the speedway. <laughs> and that's clearly the case with a couple of the entries this year. I'll give Dragon Speed a pass because they are already a part-time entry. It's been a weird year. That said, no repeat of their heroics to get out of the last row shootout like they did in 2019. Ben Hanley was the 33rd fastest driver by a mile and a stretch. Yeah, by about yeah, his, three uh, and his, half miles an hour. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry, Ken. Go yeah, his, uh, his quality laps, his quality run was only about a mile per hour clear of the Penske's and race trip. For, uh, he was the mm. only dude in the 42nd range. I was about to say, he's the only driver yeah. with all four laps above 40 seconds, and the only other driver that had a single lap above 40 seconds was Charlie Kimball on his third lap. I know, on his fourth lap, rather. Two. Yeah. Ugh, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a rough one. Oh, we liked Ben Hanley last year as well. We, we thought he was plucky in that Dragon Speed car. Uh, not this time around, but uh, yeah. Are we working our way up the order here, uh, shall we? From yeah, we should work to our top? way up. Yeah. yeah, we'll work our way up. So, so as, in, as, in, as you probably already alluded to, only 33 entries. So no bumping this time around. Everybody will take part on, on Sunday. Hooray. All you Fernando Alonso fans out there, nothing to worry about this time around. Oh, I have no right. idea what you're talking about. <laughs> of course you don't. <laughs> I, I, not necessarily. He did, he did have the first incident of all contact during the month. He did. He uh, Didn't he run on the paint at turn four and very nearly got a T-bone no, into the worse. pit entry wall? That was nasty. Yeah. No, he cut too, He cut down too low. He actually cripped the concrete curb on the inside. Yikes. Sent him up wide. Sent him up into the wall. Pancaked the wall and then spun down into the pit lane. I just, yeah, I remember him spinning down in the pit lane, um, which, Ryan, it goes to show that you're not alone. Even two time champions spin in the pit lane, spin in the pit lane in the Indy car. Oh, man. But RJ, but guys, F1 is the pinnacle. You you, you, you had to do King's Eye Racing time like that in an Indy car, didn't you? You had to go there. Oh. I wasn't even thinking about look, that. Look, look, he is of the caliber of a man who is verified as one of the top ten fastest drivers in his field by the reputable, respected <laughs> Cam- I can't even finish this. <laughs> let's, just, let's just get into the starting grid. No, no, all I'll say is that King once beat Lando Norris in an iRacing event on pace alone. It's good enough for your Twitter bio, King. I recommend you put it in there. Nah, right? Nah, I, I don't want that smoke. I'm, I'm afraid what what Lando to Norris Twitter. Grid. I'm afraid what Lando Norris Twitter will do to me. Well, let's get he'll to be, the grid. He'll, 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 he'll be, be drenched. King will be drenched in his own in in this in their fans' own first. Right, we're getting our way up row eleven. We mentioned Ben Hadley earlier. In 32nd, J.R. Hildebrand of a 226.341. Um, not an awful lot to talk about here, unfortunately. Just not particularly uh, fast from uh, Hildebrand. It was kind of, again, in his own little pocket, uh, unfortunately. The only man he did was... Uh, as, as it turns out, the mullet is not the most aerodynamic of hairstyles. Well, love, is, is not. love his helmet, though. Uh, Tremendous. He revealed his new excellent. helmet today. Um, very cool, very cool design. Um, definitely, um, I- I'd love to see J.R. Hildebrand and his teammate Sage Karam also back there in the 11th row. 
maybe they could make a run through the field. You don't know. Dryer and Reinbold Racing yeah, have... I think they'll improve. Dryer and Reinbold day. Racing have mm-hmm. done great jobs with their race setups. Um, problem is that sometimes you can have a really fast car, but if you don't drive it well, you know, it's going to bite you. I mean, Karam in 2016 had probably one of the top three fastest cars on race day, but yeah, he t- put it on the wall just after halfway. Um, yeah. It, and this is also the most races that Dryer and Reinbold have done in many, many years. Um, I think in 2012 or 2013, they ran like five or six races, stopped at the 500. This year, they ran the IndyCar was, Grand Prix. Uh, They're also running, I think, one or two more other races as well, if I remember right. So the last time they ran this many races, they came in with Lotus engine power in 2012, and we all oh, know how that they, went. They did, no, they, did not run, no. they did not run the 500 with Lotus engines, though. No, because oh, only two teams yes. did, because they all... Bailed the fuck yes, out. Yes, HVM Racing and Fanforce United, um, run by oh, former IndyCar driver Tyce Carlson. Remind me, remind me what happened to them. Uh, they both got black flagged like nine, ten laps in or whatever. Oh, I hope it doesn't happen to Ben. Slow. I hope that doesn't happen to Ben. Mm. I hope not. That w- that would be a real shame. Uh, as as RJ alluded to, Sage Karam in the other Drenner Reinebolt car in 31st, 227.099, into row 10. The man with the glorious helmet design, even with the typo, Max Chilton in P30, with a 227.303. Um, oh. Man, it was so close. The helmet was so close <laughs> to being perfection. Misspelled Dario Franchitti's name. Oh, Lord. <sighs> One team missing. Uh, still, still, still pretty good. Dre, or to in be this case, fair, mid- the, minimum the actual trophy, the actual Borg Warner trophy, does have uh, a driver's, an actual driver's name misspelled. So you know, Dario's in good company on the helmet. I guess, I guess that makes it go. more authentic. This is, <laughs> they could style out and say that, say that the typo was deliberate. For those of you who <laughs> want to get the hundred dollar question right and who wants to be a millionaire, it's Johnny Parsons, the nineteen fifty Indy five hundred winner. How do you misspell Johnny? Uh, I think they put H N N Y. I think it's N N I E. I think. Oh, oh, the Johnny Peralta way. I see. Yeah, exactly. all it takes is a trip to Wikipedia. God damn it! Yeah, yeah they, had <laughs> they, <definitely laughs> had Johnny. they had Wikipedia in the days. So of fix Johnny it. Could fix just it. fix they could it. Fix the trophy anytime they want to, but I guess they don't. I guess they just feel like, oh, it's a. Fun they just thing. won't. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, in yeah, rounding off the rest of row ten, Charlie Kimball t- was there next up, two twenty seven seven, and uh, sadly, Uncle Helio only down in twenty eighth place of two twenty eight point three seven three, but he still has great hair. <laughs> still has great hair, and on the post qualifying practice, he showed his hand right at the end and was clicking off two hundred twenty four mile per hour laps and tearing through traffic. Yeah, in race He's got trim. a good race car. Once C- again. Certainly some. Once again, these times could have been set with race uh, with race trim instead of quality trim, so we had to take that with a grain of salt. Indeed. You've got to be a little careful on that, but uh, yep, certainly want to keep an eye on the Penske's, as mentioned, much better in race trim. Uh, row 9, uh, we have James Davison in 27th, to again, 228.7. Uh, Fernando Alonso, the other Spanish guy in this race, uh, in the middle of row nine, two twenty eight seven six eight, and then Simon Pagano, last year's winner in P twenty five, two twenty eight eight three six. 
have fun with that, last RJ. Last year's pole winner as well. Last year's pole winner, last year's race winner, and guy that's, that uh, RJ will be, uh, well, RJ, sorry, Cam will be shouting at every corner when he overtakes another car in race trim. Well, this can apply to, to, to both of us. We have we have investments on this ninth row. Yeah, RJ has his man's, I have mine. It's, Look, it's, a, it's a battle of the man's. <sighs> qualifying wasn't great, but again... Uh-huh. His car looks so good in race trim. If it's anything like it was during practice, I still have reason to be confident in my man's. And not, in my yeah. man's, I'm just glad that, you know, one, he can qualify because we're not having to dig for steering wheels. Although right. that said, I feel not so great about his chance to win the race. But you never know. It could be among the most 2020 things to happen. Fernando Alonso going out of IndyCar. To a two-year F1 deal to nowhere. And then he wins the Indy 500 and completes the Triple Crown. Cam. Great things again, are possible. in fairness, his... Did you, uh, did you wake up afterwards? <sighs> oh, it, it was Also, in fairness to Alonzo, in post-qualifying practice for Alonzo, he also looked much more solid than he did previously. Cam, to make you feel... That's right, vindication! Vindication! One time! Cam, to make you feel a little bit better... One driver has one from the 25th starting position, so Pagano does have a shot at it. Oh, Certainly. Boy. Yeah. And again, I think all I think all four Penske's, they just, they weren't great in qualifying trim, but all four of them looked much better in, in race trim practice. Indeed. Row eight, we have Dalton Kennett in 24th to 28.880. Not bad run from Dalton Kennett at all, all things considered. Tony Kanaan, the ageless wonder who will still run rings around you on foot. Uh, 229-1 in 23rd place. And P22, a bit of an upset here as well. Will Power down in 22nd place. Uh, 229-701, the 2018 race winner. Uh, down there, starting in the, in the front of row 8. Um, but as mentioned, Penske, probably better on paper than all things appear. The AJ14, well, we'll, uh, probably not so much. Will kind of went off. Will Will went off during uh, <laughs> mm. Fast Friday because we can't compete with the Hondas. Every year I come here and I never have the fastest car. <laughs> As you do, dude. <laughs> you won this two years dude, ago. Dude, you won two years ago. You're like university looked at as one of the best overrunners in the field now. Like it's it's okay, Will. It happens. Show yourself uh, some respect, Will. Dude, right? We got Jeez. four former winners. In these eight rows, eight through ten, that's a lot of experience. Indie rivals, everybody. Row seven, we have Oliver Askew in his first run in of the race in twenty first, two twenty nine seven six zero. Uh, you don't know Jack Harvey in P twenty. Um, a little bit disappointing for the Andretti boys to have one as low down as twenty, given again their one lap pace was very very good um, over the course of the week. He's down in twentieth, two twenty nine eight six one, and then everybody's favorite American in the field, Santino Ferrucci in P nineteen, two twenty nine point nine two four. Row seven uh, of us. Uh, uh, no, I was going to say to quote a great man. What a fucking haircut. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, we go from a rather experienced row eight, although Dalton Kellett is a rookie and mm-hmm. a bit better at ovals than you might think because the Freedom 100 was like the one race where he really shined when he was doing that. Mm. Then we go to a pr- fairly young row with a sophomore, right. a guy who's done this about 
I'm going to say this is fourth attempt. Yeah, fourth attempt. And asking who was last year's Freedom 100 winner. So he can get around this place too. Yeah, definitely. And uh, let's not forget Jack Harvey was this close to a freak maybe top five finish uh, last year if it wasn't for the uh, fuel issues that we had towards the end of the race and whether they could make it or not. Harvey was in that group of uh, alternate strategy runners that just came up short at the end. Um, So that, again, you never know in this race. Could very much be interesting. One thing about Askew I do want to bring up is that no Freedom 100 winner has yet won the Indy 500. So he could be the first. you never know. Uh, and Harvey was 2018 that he could have won on a, on that alternate strategy. What do you mean no one's called Dempsey yet after that epic four wide over the line? And that's There's still thing, time! That's one thing, so editorialize real quick. That's actually one thing that's really ticked me off is that of the four wide finish that happened in 2013, the only driver that didn't get a start in IndyCar was the guy that actually won that race. Funny that, isn't it? Wonders Sports may cool. cease. Um, future uh, watch party episode, by by the way. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, Row six, um, we have Connor Daly in the bright orange, not papaya-shaded Royal Air Force car in P18, 229.955. Veach at the beach in P17, 229.961. And uh, everyone's favorite uncle in Indianapolis, Ed Carpenter. No, He is no longer (laughs) Uncle Ed. As a result of his new sponsorship, we are now (laughs) obligated to call him... Space Cadet Ed. <laughs> we got Space Cadet Ed and his son, Air Force Connor. Oh, God. Uh, to the skies in P16, 230.211 for Ed Carpenter on row six. So, it's again, been a, a while great... since we've seen Ed that far down the grid. Yeah, like, um, normally his team, Ed Carpenter Racing, has been one of the better teams around here in the last. Two or three years, his cars have regularly made the fast nine, obviously including Ed himself. Spencer well, we Pickett's been up there. Yeah, you know, so we mentioned it t- earlier. Uh, VK's up there, but Ed yeah. isn't. Very odd. Rare. Very odd indeed. Um, again, as mentioned, Ed genuinely, last couple of years, one of the fastest dudes around here again. Done genuine, like, contending for the win level speed from Ed Carpenter. Um, so, yeah, quite surprising to see him now in 16th there. Good to see Connor um, in a solid position. Hopefully he'll get a really nice 500 underneath him because we've been pulling for Connor to have a great 500 for years now and it's never quite materialized. And it's, again, seemingly has a very good car, has good pace underneath him this time round. It helps to have um, a NASCAR championship uh, crew chief as your lead engineer. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's the yeah, other we didn't big even story get to that. Cole, per- Cole Pern former man who once engineered Martin Truex Jr.'s NASCAR Cup Series title, has left NASCAR to be Connor Daly's crew chief for the 500. And uh, things going well so Cole far. Cole Pern, also noted Tim Richmond yeah. enthusiast. Oh, hey. <laughs> oh God. You love Those are very dangerous words. Very dangerous indeed. Row 5, Pado Award in P15, 230.213. Ahead of King Felix, Rosenquist, 230.254 in P14. And then the top Penske, Joseph Newgarden, in the Baker's Dozen spot at P13, 230.296. What a fun row this looks like. (laughs) Oh, God, this is so much fun. Pado's in the field, finally, after being the slowest man to get bumped. Felix Rosenquist has another year under his belt. 
uh, already has that wind under his belt. And this, of course, is going to be another one of those years where we ask, is Joseph finally going to match Will and Simon and Elio and finally get his first 500 win on the board? He's got as good a chance as anybody. It's close. Indeed, it's like, it's like the one big—it's the one big thing missing from an otherwise Hall of Fame career from Joseph Newgarden and Indy Carl already with his two series titles. hasn't had a well, yeah, hasn't had that five hundred win yet. Yeah, and even this year, it, it's sort of opposites where he was the best Penske in qualifying, but in race trim, he looked like the weakest Penske. Very strange. Which is still to say, still pretty solid pace. Hmm. But you know what? Having the extra couple of rows compared to him and the other Penskis might come in handy uh, by the time we get to the race itself. Mm. So again, certainly one to again keep very much keep an eye on. Row four and the last of the guys that didn't quite make the fast nine on Sunday. Uh, Spencer Piggott in P12, 230.539. Uh, Captain Husky Chocolate himself, Marcus Ericsson, P11, 230.566. And Colton Herter, no Infinity Gauntlet needed this time, in P10, two, just on the outside looking in, 230.775. Um, Sorry, just can't. This time he can't snap his car out of existence. If we probably wouldn't have wanted to after what happened last year. He was the first man out um, yeah. due to mechanical problems. But Colton, again, took this track like a duck to water last year. So if this is anything to go by, certainly one of the dudes to watch, I would argue, in that 10 spot. Um, great run from Marcus Ericsson, by the way, in that P11 spot. Yeah. There. He'll be very happy with that. I also don't want to sleep Lord. on Spencer Piggott either, because mm. he's sitting there in 12th. Both of his teammates made the fast nine. Looks like Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan. Yes, they do have that Honda power, but they're making good use of it. Indeed. Indeed. So if Spencer got a good finish, don't be surprised. Not at all. Team and cars always been been looking good. Erickson's been looking good. The Lord of Business to Business Chocolate. (laughs) 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 I'm here for for the 20 grams of protein. Chocolate chip Ganassi Uh, racing. You gotta love it. Indeed. Chocolate chef yes. Ganassi racing. Yeah, so that was the Saturday positions all locked up. We fast forward to Sunday and the fast nine on day two. Um, they reset the scoreboard for the top nine. We go again. Now, if these speeds sound a little different compared to what you've just heard, that's exactly the reason why. There was a big crosswind down the straight between turns two and three. That obviously led to most likely slower runs um, compared to what we saw on Saturday. The, it was kind of weird how actually we had massive entry speeds going into turn one during all these runs, touching 241 miles an hour um, in some <laughs> yeah. cases. There but, was uh, two or three cars that cracked that mark. It yeah, was 240. speedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but, but maybe only 235 on the back straight due to where the wind was blowing. And it was strong. It was 20 mile an hour plus winds. Very strong winds. Let's just say it's winds were strong enough that it might suspend a golf round if something like that were to happen um, with with uh, sticks and clubs, if, if, if Mr. McAvoy was around, for example. So, yeah, very, very uh, different conditions for the Sunday. But on row three, as we go down the order, uh, on the outside uh, of row three, a bit of a surprise given his, his his usual form round here. Alex Rossi in P9, 229234. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that time would have put him down in a. In row five, had it come on the had it come on first day, thank goodness he got in the second day. But yeah, four out of the Sandrettis made the show. But um, once it came time for qualifying, 
Uh, they well, didn't have that outright pace. Yeah, because it seemed like well, I should say at at the start mm-hmm. at at the start of the Fast Nine session that that north to south wind wasn't there, and I think only one or two cars actually got a run in before the wind kicked in, and the yeah, and, and Freddie Autosport had their car set up not with this in mind, and they were kind of on the back foot trying to learn what was effectively a new track in the middle of a session. Yeah. They had, yeah, they had, and Alex Rossi went out exactly as that wind changed. Yeah, we, we, we were all watching this live as it happened, and we were all pretty much shocked to see when it was Alex Rossi coming around, and his his third lap was like 229.5, and we're all going, huh, what's going on here? Um, we were just yeah. like, what's going like, All of a sudden, the Andretti's looked mortal for the first time all week. Um, and yeah, Alex Rossi, as a result, got caught in the crosswinds and uh, had to learn on the fly. And as a result, he was the bottom of the fast nine runners. Moving up to eighth spot, Graham Rahal, 229.380. Uh, better run from him. Good good all round from the RLL boys. Well, was it... yeah. I mean, he is about a mile and a half off the pace of his teammate, who we'll talk about what? shortly. But What else is new? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're not pace. wrong. Fast time pace. Fast time pace. He's got plenty of its spirits around here. Let's talk about number seven. Let's talk about the guy who should get a check, not for being the fastest rookie, because he's only the second fastest rookie, but for having the most entertaining. Of the poll day runs. So he, oh, Alex Palu Montalbo. He did get a check, though. He got a check for fastest single lap of the day. He did. He did! Yeah. He did. Unfortunately, that one incredibly fast lap was all his car had to give because the weight jacker broke. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds and terrifying. And he still was that fast. He was still so fast that he put it that high up the grid. Watch Super Formula, goddammit. Watch the Supers. Please. It's more than just the Junior Series for Red Bull rookies. Um, go watch it. It's great. Alex yeah. Palu, phenomenal all week long and pulled that one out with a broken weight jacket and still went 229.676, including actually getting faster and- on his four flap compared to his third. And as King alluded to, the fastest individual lap on the day. I think it was 231.8 something in terms of pure mile and, an hour. <laughs> and blew the arrow screen off both of his teammates, who both have experience here. Yeah, very much so. Great run for Max Paley. To the to- point that uh, James Davison had a bit of a hissy fit. Oh, yes, James Davison. What is new? What is new? Well, he has the same setup as me. How can he be faster than me? James <laughs> Davidson having a wine. What else is new? Rose, uh, row sun- two. <laughs> row two. Dre, your boy. Your James man. Hinchcliffe, P6, uh, 229.870. Was kind of in no man's land in the middle of the crosswind runs. We'll take it. Um, we've had much worse days at Indianapolis, <laughs> to say the least. Oh, yeah. oh God. You think he was just looking back at those Arrow SP cars, like, just with a biggest shit-eating grin on his face? Oh, God. <laughs> oh but you wouldn't believe. It's, it's, it's like, it's but you like, wouldn't never know that. It's the scene you in Brooklyn Nine-Nine where... It's the scene in Brooklyn Nine-Nine when, when the chief just goes, Vindication! Uh, like, uh, and I'll happily take that in P6. Uh, yeah. You'd never know about his... Uh, 
You never know about his tremendous shit-eating grin, though, because of his extraordinary mask. Yes, oh, we was... talked about his mask. Well, we haven't. No, it was it his was the mask. mask of his face. It was literally mask the of rest... his face. It was, With it was the collar terrible. of the mask, the collar of the mask being his uh, the top of his race suit. Genius, <laughs> genius, absolutely amazing face mask. Um, points for creativity there, James. Um, I love that he referred to it on Twitter as uh, quote. If you ever wanted more nightmare fuel, here you go. Um, which I thought was quite <laughs> funny. Um, in the middle of row two, Ryan Hunter Ray, Captain America, throws his mighty shield. Two thirty point six four eight was the one for him on that one. Um, there's a bit of a gap here now between these guys and everybody else. These are the guys that weren't so badly affected by the by the wind so much on this occasion, and uh, it showed. Hunter Ray P five two thirty point six. Hunter Ray's been really very fast all you know. I can't even say all month long, all week long. He's been very very fast. Um, if you're looking for someone to pick that's not named Scott Dixon or Marco Andretti. Uh, Ryan Hunter Ray is a very solid choice. Um, he's had a great car, and I really like what I've seen from him in practice. Um, 2014 500 winners looking for a second time around here on the Bork Warner Trophy. If, uh, indeed, good shout. Um, on the f- inside of row two, the top rookie and, in- and the only Chevy that made it this far, Renus VK P4 230.704. The only man that seemed to crack the code for Chevrolet over the course of the uh, boosted runs. And uh, wow, what a phenomenal effort that is from Reedus. Great run. Um, yeah, he seemed to figure out something with shifting down to fourth out of certain corners to keep mm. the Chevy up in its power band. And also, he had his front wing turned down so far it looked like it was actually bent up and was generating lift. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Shout out to Sergio Perez. <laughs> Whatever works, eh? Whatever works. Yeah, Renus attacked the whole thing differently. I love that he got a shout out from Will Power in his uh, post qualifying video. It was like, you know, mad impressed with Renus here, but, you know, delighted for the man on pole, which we'll get to in about five minutes' time. But, see, yeah, top rookie. Brilliant job from Renus VK, the only Chevy in the top nine. Uh, very, very well done indeed to him. To the front row. Not now, Sato! P3. Taku! (laughs) 230.725. As mentioned, Takuma Sato is phenomenal around here. Has been for many, many years. This year, no difference. Um, So, yet again, Takuma, you kind of alluded to him already. Brilliant, brilliant job. I think I think he was the first guy to run. He in was the, the very time. first man out. Yeah. He was only yeah, dethroned by the next person we talk about, and it, then it was those two at the top for the longest time because Sato got out early before those crosswinds came in. Now that doesn't discredit life. like uh, the job that he did to, to qualify in the front row because, like, hey, Takuma Sato, very good at Indy. Who would have ever guessed? <laughs> Yeah, we forget last year, behind the uh, good old-fashioned chair fight at the front, Taku was third, stalking both Rossi and Pagano in case those two hit each other. Indeed. Um, speaking of which, in the middle of the front row, and the guy that held on to the number one position all the way until the very end, 
Scott friggin' Dixon. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. 231.051. And even though these runs were a little bit slower compared to the day before, everyone that was in the watch party went, just went, mm. <laughs> just uh, what I'm thinking, oh no, Dixon might have this. Um, I alluded to it during the watch party. He did more runs than anybody else on Saturday, and I thought, I wonder if he's doing this for experience sake. Just keep doing runs and just seeing what rolls up. And seemingly it worked because uh, Dixon, super quick. Then again, it's Scott Dixon. Why is anybody surprised at this point? (laughs) Yeah, the endless one. The Lord of Pancakes, Scott Dixon. (laughs) Now with extra syrup. Um, Brilliant job indeed. Now, he held it all the way until the very last run... On, on Sunday's Fast 9, Marco Andretti was the last to go. He had the right of the last to go because he was fastest on Saturday. Um, and we were all watching with bated breath. I wish he was here right now. A certain Zoe Hamilton was wincing. Nope. We, should, uh, we should say uh, Zoe would be here right now, but at the end of this run, she exploded into a mushroom cloud of happiness. <laughs> happiness, rainbows, and unicorns. Um we were honestly, I openly hold my hands up and thought I didn't think he was going to get there on that final lap. I thought it was going to be very, very close. It was very, very close, but by point zero one seven of a miles an hour, barely a tenth of a second over two minutes and thirty five seconds of near flat out racing, your Indianapolis five hundred twenty twenty pole sitter, Marco Andretti. How did we get to this point? <laughs> 2020 is evolving. Yeah. <laughs> I think him being last out had a lot of benefits. And one thing that they did learn was that, like, hey, on all the other guys' fast nine attempts, they were kind of chewing up through their tires by the time they finished their two warm-up laps. So what they decided to do with Marco is just like, hey, let's just back it down for the two warm-up laps. That'll save us the tires, and that'll give us more speed when it actually counts. For the third yeah, just- closest... Margin of victory between pole position and second in Indy 500 history. It was close. Uh, the first two laps from him were off the off the charts. Mm-hmm. And one thing we also noticed during the day is that if you had a really insanely fast first lap, it would just kill the tires. Well, Indeed. we thought we saw that with their, with his third lap. Really, his third lap wasn't perfect. When he came through turn three and four on that fourth lap, I said, I said it in the call, like, he's got this. His fourth Ooh. lap might have been the best of the day. Barely any drop off at all. Um, and that's what got him over the line. It was. And you know what's amazing about it as well? Everybody was happy for Marco on this one. There was great video of the Penske garage watching along. With uh, Helio and Will and Joseph on their feet. And there was an audible cheer from Joseph in the background when Marco held on uh, and, and snagged pole position right at the end. They were all delighted. I know that, I know that Will and Marco were very close friends. And there was a, I know Will was always going to be happy for him, but Joseph was, Joseph was, was jumping up and down and, and Helio was delighted. You know, Helio's just happy for everybody because he's just such a nice man. But, um, it's, it, it, there was a general sense of, 
well, everybody just went to Twitter uh, and just went, it's it, it's it's Marco's year. It just feels like it. It's it's oh, Marco's God. year, and oh god, we are, like the man is you know one of the favourites to win it with the bookies. We'll get to that very shortly as well. Is it is it happening? Could could this finally happen? Think about you the know, turn. Is... Well, and I mentioned earlier how Helio's car looked phenomenal in post practice, um, post qualifying practice. Well, mm. he was second because also in race trim was Marco Andretti fastest of all in post qualifying. Mm. Think about the turnaround that this is for Marco Andretti. This is a guy that last year. Uh, won the Participation Trophy Award in the 2019 M101 Awards. Someone who, Dre, you said, I don't know why he has a seat. I mean, we all know why, of course. But um, <laughs> think about just the change that's happened You know, in the course of just this week where now all of a sudden everything seems to be going right. Now, law of averages, something might go on in the race. I mean, last year there was so much hype. It's the 50th anniversary of his grandfather's win. All this great stuff. All of a sudden he has the worst race of his career. Um He's got a lot of good things going for him. He's finished third at the 500, uh, I think, twice or three times. I think 2008, 2010, and I think also in 2014. Mm-hmm. But he, when he's had bad runs, he has had very bad runs. But I think he's definitely due for a good run this time around. And, you know, Andretti Autosport, they've got, they've got the best cars at the Speedway this month. So, really... Let's see what happens in Carb Day. Carb Day is tomorrow as of recording, so let's see what the, his next uh, the next practice session shows for us here. It's about two hours of practice. Yeah. Honestly. That's where, uh, really, if you were holding anything back before Carb Day, you, you got to stop then. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, oof. A a, a a big surprise to see Marco up there, but a, a happy surprise, shall we say. In case you're wondering about what the bookmakers reckon going into this. Now, as mentioned, please gamble responsibly. Um, Scott Dixon is the bookie's favourite at 5-1, to one, which I must admit is not a massive surprise to me. Yeah, no, no surprises here. Who's, who, who's really, uh, who wasn't expecting that? Not me. Um, I will say, though. Scott's car. Scott's car and race trim. I don't know. Yeah, like did, Dixon did in not practice, look pleasant. Like Dixon in practice, he looks fast but not stable, which not yeah, good. Yeah, a bit ropey. Did did have a big not spin fast in enough to justify. Well. Yeah, yeah, he got the luckiest spin in Indianapolis history, where he just kissed the wall with the back of the car, broke the front wing. It was 20 minutes in the garage and he was back out. Right. Normally uh, you lose it off of turn four and you end up like J.R. Hildebrand. <laughs> J.R. Hildebrand um, and Marco Andretti, two drivers that have led all four corners of lap 200 but did not win the race. Oh. oh. So Dixon's That's five why they to put one favorite. the finish line at the straight. Yeah. <laughs> Dixon's 5 to 1 favorite. Alex Rossi, 7s. You've got Marco Andretti and Ryan Hunter Ray at 8 to 1. You've got Joseph at 12s. Uh, Simon Pagano at 12 to 1. Sorry, Joseph at 10 to 1, I should say, sorry. Power at 12s. You've got Takuma at 14 to 1. Colton Herter and Renus VK at 16 to 1. Hinch at 20s. Uh, Daly, uh, and Daly, King Felix, and Alonso at 25s, if you, if you, if you like a bit of an outsider. 
uh, Graham 28, uh, you've got Helio, Pado, and I love that Scott McLaughlin is still there at 33 to 1 on Sky Bet. That's funny. Um, oh my god. <laughs> nowhere, Scotty McLaughlin with a where steel did, chair. Where, where they go, where, like, Scott's gonna just randomly steal Joseph's car, like, on, on Sunday morning, um, and drive in a disguise or something. You know, that mask might come in handy. Uh, Helio, Pado. Shades of Captain Falcon. Indeed. Oliver Askew and, uh, Santino at 40 to 1. Uh, Alex Paley at 50s. That's surely worth a pound or two each way. Uh, Ed though, Carpenter yeah. at 50 as well as Marcus Erickson. Yep. Th- though it does seem wild that people have lower odds than a dude who's not even in the race. <laughs> right! <laughs> That's just That just speaks to the quality. Welcome right to 2020. <laughs> they think McLaughlin that will steal a car through the night and race and not get found out has better odds than... Than uh, Oliver Askew, which I find is just hilarious. Um, so as mentioned, Alex Palu, Carpenter, and Marcus Erickson, surely one of those is worth a pound each way at 50 to 1. Mm. As is Spencer Piggott and Tony Kanan, Veach is 66s, Jack Harvey at 80 to 1. I still love that Carlos Munoz has 100 to 1 odds, even though he's not on the race either. Way to go, Sky. As Bring is Sebastian. Back Carlos Munoz! And Sebastian Bourdais, because he's on my list at 100 to 1 Bring as well. Back Bourdais, yeah. too! King can yeah. vouch for this. Yes, too. yes. I'm yeah. assuming Skybet is hoping for a popular uprising to get driver's seats. Yes. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Charlie Kimball at 100 to 1. It's like you go and drink. You go and go and go and go and drag. Yeah, okay. Is that it? Or okay, is that... fair enough. Go on. No, no, there's more. There's more. Uh, there's, there's, there's still a bunch of names here as well. That again, like I, I love this list. It's so funny. It's got Ed Jones and Carl Kaiser and Matt Leist on it, and I'm just thinking, what year is this? Uh, Max Chilton is 150 to one. Ben Hanley is 200 to one. As is Dalton Kellett, J.R. Hildebrand, James Davison, and Sage Karen. Um, like so. Interesting odds there across the board. Gentlemen, before we get out of town, your pick to win the Indianapolis 500 is... Scott Dixon. Hmm. Uh, For me, Joseph Newgarden. I mean, I'm I'm wearing the shirt. I I pretty much have to. Homer. It's... Yeah. I, uh... I stand by my mans. I saw what he did last year. I saw what that car has in practice. Simon Pagano from I stand by my mans. King? Hey, he's already won a race from dead last this year. True. Hmm. My King? pick to win the Indianapolis 500. Marcus Erickson. Ooh. Team Protein. Spicy. Actually, no, not spicy. This is no. chocolate flavor. Chalky, very, very, very chalky. So, um, King, I gotta ask if if Marcus does pull this off, are you legally changing your middle name to Erickson? No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> legally changing <laughs> my middle name to Erickson. Oh, that'd be so funny! Please do. I, I, um, I will say this uh, for those of you looking for an oddball for uh, for winning the 500. Uh, Look for these particular drivers because these particular starting positions have never won. Connor Daly, Tony Kanan, Dalton Kellett, uh, Fernando Alonso, and also Charlie Kimball, Max Chilton, Sage Karam, Jerry Holderbrand, and Ben Hanley. Because drivers who have started 18th, 23rd, 24th, 26th, and 29th through last have not won the 500 yet. 
There's still hope for Alonzo just yet. He's 25 to 1. We've got this. Oh but I'm not changing my uh, pick. I think it's Joseph's here. The farthest back that a driver has come are... to win is 28th in 1911 and 1936. Who's starting 28th? Elio Neves. Well, well, records records were made to be broken. Dre, it's your turn. Who you got? Alex Rossi. Uh, and uh, for your I... actual pick, Chris. <laughs> Out here with oddballs doesn't actually I tell said, us. I said, no, he said, he said, he said, he he said Dixon. No, oh. he was the first guy to say Dixon. Can't pay attention. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I, I, I think Alex Rossi. I think Rossi's just been the most consistently super quick dude around here for the last three years, and he always finds a way to get in the mix. And I don't think this year will be any exception. We'll have to wait and see how it goes. The Indy 500, the 104th running of the Indy 500. This Sunday, I want to say 6 p.m. UK time, 1 p.m. Eastern, is it? 2.30 Eastern. 2.30 Eastern. 2.30 Eastern, so yeah. 2.30 2.30 is the precise start time. The broadcast starts at 1. Yeah. Um, Apparently in the UK, we got Alex Jakes commentating over the top, which is awesome. So uh, uh, it might actually be a good reason to tune into Sky Sports for once. Um, so check that out. 7.30 p.m. UK time will be green flags. And uh, yeah, let's hope all 33 dudes, by the time this goes out, comes back safely. But uh, yeah, until then, uh, I've been Andre Harrison. They've been Cam Buckley, Ryan King, uh, uh, RJ O'Connell, and Krista Harday. You can find our social media in the description down below. Um, or again, our Twitter's at... Harrison101HD at Ryan Eric King at RJ O'Connell at C Buckley917 at C The Harday and at Motorsport101. I'm sorry, Motorsport underscore 101, I should say. Sorry. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport101 if you're listening to us on audio. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport101. Uh, Twitter uh, at uh, Motorsport underscore 101. And if that's back as financially, you can on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport101. $5 gets you early access to, um, to all of our audio shows. And $10 gets you in the supporters club of our Discord server where you can listen to these shows live as they're being recorded and get early access to all the YouTube podcasts of the show in full. We'll be back very, very soon to talk about... Uh, do we have to talk about the Spanish Grand Prix? Do we? Really? Ah, oh, for fuck's sake. Hey, maybe, maybe, uh, we just, maybe we just ignored it. Maybe maybe just act like it never happened. <laughs> just like Charles Leclerc's seatbelt. Is that for... <laughs> Oh, God, we are going to have to talk about that, aren't we? Yes, yes, we will. Until next time, I've been Dre Harrison. Thank you very much for watching and listening. And until next time, sayonara. Stay safe, y'all. Bye. See you. Passion over the 500 two years in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't happening, not if Joseph says anything about it first. Rossi won't win because he can't get to the track because his golf cart doesn't have any tires on it. Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs>